Hello, hello. Welcome to the Fantasy Aceball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Aceball, and you can find my written work over on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. And I think Raymond is going to be jumping in at some point of the podcast. Uh, he's doing some family stuff because we're recording on New Year's here. Uh, and with us, we've got Gabe, who will soon uh, have a Twitter once he gets his space age <laughs> Tesla Starlink set up at his house. Um, set he got it direct from direct from uh, Ukraine. It got it got mailed back, and uh, he he received it. It's refurbished. So. <laughs> yeah, refurbished. He got hit by a missile, I guess, over there. Yeah, right? they, they knocked some of the tank dust off of it. <laughs> so uh, we got Gabe here today, and uh, Happy New Year's, Gabe. By the way, yeah, Happy New Year's, Tim. Um, so. Not much has gone down since our last podcast on a new on, in like the news cycle. Basically, we got Carlos Correa and the Mets just kind of uh, flirting with each other back and forth, uh, with nothing really going down. No one has committed to the relationship yet. They're just going on nice long walks on the beach every day. And uh, then we got Evan Longoria going to the D-backs, which is interesting, I think, a little bit because the D-backs are going to be like a young, up-and-coming team. And uh, Longoria hitting in the middle of that order might actually provide some decent deep league value like in our hot new league. Like that might be like someone you just buy for a year and if you've got a good like third-base prospect and then you just stick Longoria as like the placeholder. Uh, you got any thoughts on Longoria or this whole weird Correa situation going on? No Starlink set up yet, so I must have, okay. I must have lost okay. you. You with me? Can you get me out? You got me now? Gotcha. Okay, my mic like cut out. Sorry, dude. That's cool. Okay, I'll I'll just start in on uh, Longoria. Okay, so I like I like Longoria better from a real life perspective for the Diamondbacks than I do a fantasy perspective. Um, I think that you're right. I think that in some really deep leagues, he'll probably have some value. But uh, I mean, he's like the classic, you know veteran championship uh you know pedigree guy he, you know he's kind of done and seen it all and uh i think he's gonna be great for that young clubhouse uh, i don't I, you know i kind of read that he i think he has a house down there and he wanted to go to a champ you know a winner or a contender at least and i think he you know i think the diamondbacks at least will be a contender for sure if they don't make the playoffs uh and so i think it's gonna be a good fit real life um fantasy you know i for sure like what, everything you said in the deep leagues in 12 man 12-man teams, I don't think that he's going to have much value, especially redraft format. Yeah, he might just be one of those guys that you pick up for, like, your util spot or something throughout the year if he gets hot. You just yep. throw him in there. And, and, and he always drop, gets and then, hot. Yeah, yeah. And then when he cools down, you just drop him, and you're like, oh, oh well, n- next guy. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this Correa thing, though, dude, I don't really know what's going on. Like, uh, who knows? Um, I think they're going to get a deal worked out. I can't really see Correa – signing with a third team in the same offseason no. myself. So I think they'll figure something out. It sounds like they they went to the MLB and the Mets are talking to MLB about having like special opt-out clauses that have never existed before. I guess they're like going to invent new uh, contract clauses just for this Korea contract. And they have to run it by MLB to make sure that it's legal, <laughs> I guess, for, for the rules. So I don't know, kind of interesting. Dude, they – so I, I – don't remember where I read it. Maybe Heyman or somebody came out, but uh, the 
I guess that like he in I think it was August, he I don't remember if he was in like you know missed time or whatever, but he was sliding and he was playing shortstop and somebody slid in the second base and like got him in the lower leg or whatever and it like made his leg go numb. Have you seen that? Yeah, I saw the video and I actually, I actually, yeah, I, I think I found the original guy who found that video. Uh, who the, I can't remember who it was to credit him, but I I retweeted it out a while back when that that guy found it. So, so it was like some un, unknown dude, uh, like a hundred Twitter followers found that video and was like, I think this is when Korea yeah. got re-injured, and then it kind of like blasted off uh, that little clip. But um, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It, 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 it the thing too and like this is what i've been saying is like he's still gonna get no matter worst case scenario is he goes back to the twins right the twins were trying to re-sign him and offer him like 10 years so worst case scenario because they already know the medicals they'll just get him i guess but uh yeah i don't know strange yeah strange, well strange and i think that there's like a grievance that he would uh the players association would possibly have against cohen for you know coming out and being so excited to sign the guy and then you know, kind of, uh, obviously not signing him. <laughs> uh, I think that, you know, I just think it benefits both parties, the Mets and Korea to, you know, get this one worked out. Agreed. It, it would, it would not look good for either. If something happens, they don't end up making a deal. So, um, this time we are going to get into, and we're probably going to do two tiers of starting pitchers because just like last time, these are, are huge tiers because, a lot of these starters I explained on the last pod, um, there's a lot of globs, right? Like you just have these big globs where it's like, okay, all these guys could end up doing something similar this year. So that's kind of why these tiers are so huge, but we'll split it up just uh, for you listeners to make the podcast more digestible uh, because this first tier we're going to talk about, which is actually my tier seven is number 58 starting pitcher. And I'm just going to give away the first and the last pitcher in the tier so you know how large this tier is, but it starts with pitcher number starting pitcher number 58, which is Dustin May. And then it goes all the way to starting pitcher 85, which is Alex Wood. And all of this is all one tier. But I'm going to just group it up into like 10, 11, 12 guys. And then uh, Gabe and I will talk about a couple of guys that we like in each little subsection. So as previously mentioned, the first pitcher in this tier is Dustin May, returning from injury. Uh, I think a lot of people are excited for Dustin May. Gabe, uh, just to kind of go on a little tangent about May, uh, I think that I'm low on him compared to a lot of people. I think a lot of people are drafting Dustin May as like a number 40 starter, which um, I don't know about that. He was really good right before he got hurt for, you know, at the beginning of last year. Yeah, I guess it was the beginning sure. of last year. He, he had like May, a good month. May. Yeah, he, he yeah. <laughs> that was the joke, right? They were like, it was in May. Yeah, May Day. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he, he was really good before he got hurt. And then, uh, or, no, it wasn't last year. It was two years ago, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it was <laughs> Yeah, two years ago, yeah. Yeah, so um, a lot of people are excited are excited to bring Ginger Guard back out of the, out of the tool, toolbox. But uh, that injury brings his durability score down in the uh, F scores. So that's going to drag him down a little bit for me. Guys coming off injuries, uh, I'm always a little cautious about. But he has a 91 F score and a 90 future F score, and he has the lowest F score in this tier. So I'm still higher than on him than my F scores are. Um, but <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But it, like I said, it's these guys coming up with injuries just scare me a little bit. Um, number 59 is Kyle Wright with a 99 F score and a 110 future F score. Number 60 is Chris Sale with a 97 F score and a 97 future F score. And that could that's all 
again, just like May, about the durability being really low. 61 is Reed Detmers with a 102 F score and a 108 future F score. 62 is Aaron Ashby, ya boy, with a 98 F score and a 107 future F score. Number 63 is Lance McCullers with a 99 F score and a 103 future F score. 64 is John Gray with a 98 F score and a 103 future F score. 65 is Trevor Rogers with a 96 F score and a 110 future F score. 66 is Patrick Sandoval with a 102 F score and a 109 future F score. 67 is Aaron Savali with a 104 F score and a 111 future F score. 68 is Tyler Anderson with a 112 F score and a 119 future F score. And we'll cut this little blob off here so we can talk about a couple guys that we just mentioned there. So uh, 58 through 68 is what we're looking at. Dustin May through Tyler Anderson. Who do you like there, Gabe? Well, dude, so the first five or six guys there that you mentioned, I, I feel like really are different from the rest of the guys that you mentioned and the rest of the guys, you know, at the bottom half of the tier. Uh, I, I love Kyle Wright. And, you know, I think that he's, I, I mean, he was like, I, you know, I'm kind of surprised. I guess he tapered off as the year went on. Uh, but I'm, I'm surprised you have him so low in the first half of the season. He was like the, he was the, uh, uh, who's his rotation mate Strider, Spencer Strider. He was like, you remember that? Everyone was like, yeah. you didn't get enough Kyle right there for the first couple months. What do you, what are you seeing there? Are you, are you, did, did he just flame out too much for you? Do you think you got too many innings or did the league just figure him out? Not really. It's more just, I think there's just so many good starters this year because you can see Kyle Wright, I, as mentioned, he has a future F score of 110, which is pretty high uh, because he's obviously trending up. He had such a good year last year. Compared, I mean, he, he stuck before that. Like he had like a five ERA or something like that before last yeah, year. He's always had the pedigree, um, right? Yeah, he did. He was a top prospect, yada, yada. But um, I think a lot of it, Gabe, is just that I like so many pitchers that that's just where he ended up for me because like I, I, like just go to the next tier like, like let me throw this night would you rather draft lucas giolito or kyle wright man i don't know i feel like i'm in my mind you know giolito's been been really bad for the last couple of years right i mean hasn't he been like a five and a half era guy only Watch last year, only, he was not good last year. That's the, the only year. And part of the reason, and uh, Raymond and I talked a bit about it last time, his Sierra is still really good. So, like, under the hood, he's still, like, a th- he had, like, a 3-8 Sierra or something like that. So, even though he had, like, a 5-something ERA, a lot of that was just some bad luck. Um, and me, I'm. this is why I have Giolito in that tier, is I am drafting Giolito. Obviously, I have him ranked higher. So, I'm drafting Giolito ahead of right. And a big part of that, even though Giolito had a bad year and Wright had a good year, is just like Giolito has more of the pedigree where he's had more consecutive good years in the past than Kyle Wright, who just has had one good year. Yeah, um, that's fair. When he's healthy, Giolito, and when he's on, you know, G- Lucas Giolito's lights out. I, I know that he's got that, you know, ceiling sky high. But uh, I remember I just have been fading him for a while. Yeah, which I mean, he's at he's at fifty seven, so it's not like I'm drafting him as like a right, uh, right, 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 a top three starter or something anymore. Now, now you're drafting him as like your number four, your number five starter. Yep. And um, yeah, right. I think it's just uh, 
what's pushing him down a little bit for me is just that it's just been one year. And some of these other guys are just so many good pitchers who have done it for more than one year. Um, you know, you could get a little into the weeds and say, well, you, you know, and tell me, hey, Tim, well, you got Brady Singer out of Kyle Wright. And Singer's really only done it for one year, too. Um, but I think I just really liked what I saw. I, I, you know, I, I like I liked what I saw from Singer more than Wright, I think. And I think Singer kind of carried it through uh, toward the tail end of the year uh, when Wright did taper off a little bit. Um, but part of that, too, might be just that he's never pitched that many innings and he's got to build up that durability. So, so are you taking Brady, Sp- Brady Springer first or Josh Jung first in your, in your uh, redraft leagues? Hmm. You're asking, I know why you're asking me that because you've got those guys in that dynasty. Uh, and Raymond and I talked a little bit about this. I can't remember if it was on the air or off there last week or last pod, but we were talking a little bit about because he's like, he's telling me, he, he's basically saying, like, well, are you going to mush your pitchers and your hitters all into one thing and put those rankings out? And I told him, I don't know yeah. if I'm going to do that. Um, I mean, I'm going to do it for myself personally. But the thing is, like, rating a pitcher against a hitter is very difficult. Hard, it's like, what do you? It's hard. more just like, what do you need? You know, it's like, what do you need? How how has your draft gone to this point? If you picked five hitters in a row, then you're probably going to be pick, putting the pitchers in that range ahead of the hitters just because of need. So yeah, good. a lot of that's, that's almost just like draft low. So it's hard to how do you figure? You know, like I I think I asked him. I was like, how do you how are you going to put? Uh, Justin Verlander against Mike Trout. You know what I mean? Like they're just yeah. two, two completely yeah, different things. More just... Yeah, exactly. Um, it's more just about roster construction. How do you want to build than anything? Yep. So, yeah. Um, so who do you like on this in this tier? I wanted to talk about Reed Devers. Uh, and I, I the, you know, the thing is, I've got Sale right ahead of Devers, and Sale obviously is one of the better pitchers in baseball when he's healthy. But it's been a couple of years for him. And even when he was recovering, he had the stupid bike injury or bicycle injury or whatever happened last year. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's basically like the new version of Madison Bumgarner, right? Like he, like he's like two, he's like what Madison Bumgarner was doing like two years later or whatever, whenever he (laughs) got hurt on the, what was he doing? He's ATV and he's riding, he's like riding bulls. He's got like a, I don't even remember what his, his, he's got like a, rodeo name he's like a rodeo clown on the side dude, <laughs> is the real deal dude <laughs> well mason saunders that's it right that's like his state his stage name it's mason saunders or something like yeah, that. yeah that's right <laughs> yeah <My concho. laughs> yeah uh so reed Detmers is my number one starting pitcher or number 61 starting pitcher and Detmers, i don't know if you remember last year but he got sent down to the minors because he was so bad at the beginning of the year that the angels sent him down mm-hmm. And then he had one or two yeah, starts. He was down in for like one game, I think only. One, yeah, I think. yeah, he was. Yeah, he was down for one game, and this is after he threw a new hitter, a no hitter. So he threw a no hitter, and then was so bad that he got sent down. And then he rediscovered. I can't remember what pitch it was. There was a pitch. I don't remember if it was the slider or the curve, but one of the, he lost one of his secondaries, and he went back down to the minors and refound the secondary. I think for I wanna, for some reason I want to say it was the curve. Uh, but he went down the minors, got his secondary fix. He had like one game in the minors where he had like six innings and had like 12 Ks. And then he just came back up and lit it up the whole rest of the year. He did taper off a little bit like the last month of the season, but he's still in the second half. 
Uh, Detmers pitched a 2.57 FIP, uh, 17.1 K minus walk rate. Um, he had a 377 Sierra and a 13.5% swing strike rate. Now, he also had a 35.2% CSW on said curveball. So, uh, Detmers went down, fixed himself, and then put up really, really good numbers uh, in that second half. And so, a lot of people in their drafting, they're going to be looking at the season total numbers. And this is where I, why I want to talk about Detmers, because I just think there's a lot of hidden value in him. These people are drafting. They're going to be looking at, okay, this is what he did on the on overall on the season. You know, he was all right, whatever. Um, you know, he, he had a 377 ERA, 14% K minus walk rate. That's not that great. But the second half, he had a 17% K minus walk rate. And his FIP was a two something. Uh, so this is someone who under the hood, yeah, who, this is someone who, who under the hood and in that second half, um, if you pay attention to that, then you could get a very good bargain on drafting someone like Detmers against the people who are just looking at the full season statistics and drafting based on those. Dude, I love it. So here's a, it looks like Detmers is kind of one of those casualties of the 2020 shutdown and everything. Uh, he, he, that man has only pitched 68 innings in the minor leagues, including the 63 this year, this past year. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he's really, he, he's just, he has so little professional experience outside of 2022. He, he was one of those guys when he was drafted that they're like, this guy is going to be up fast. Um, yeah. He, he, because it was like, I think it was like him and Max Meyer. There are a few guys in that draft. There's like him, Max Meyer. I want to say Max Meyer was a part of the same draft. There are a few guys who are there like, okay, these guys are going to, and uh, Garrett Crochet, I think was another one. And he came yeah, up, but as a reliever for up. the White Sox. Yeah, he didn't even he didn't even pitch in the minors. He just came. He got drafted and came straight to the majors. I'm pretty sure. It was such um, a weird year with the with the you know the shutdown and everything too. There's so much development that was lost. Yeah, exactly. And he had. I mean, if you look at his numbers in the minors, this is why he got. He, you know, he didn't spend that much time down there. He had a 35% K minus walk rate in Double A. Yeah. Uh, in 12 starts in 2021. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, he's too good for this level. And then they brought him to AAA. He did, had like two starts. He did the same thing. So like, okay, let's just promote him. And then uh, he got rocked. And that's what I'm saying. It's like him getting rocked in 2021 and then 2022 at the beginning of the year, like just he lost, he lost that prospect. He had like some that nice shiny prospect thing and it's the gloss got off of him. So if you look at though, at what he did when he came back up though, like he was doing the things that he was doing in the minors. So I think that there's a very good bargain in Reed Detmer's. Good take. Who, who, who else in this tier you want to talk about? This little glob here. Uh, let me see. Dude, so, <laughs> well, we could always go down the Ashby hole. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let, let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Okay. What is his CSW? It was, like, absurd, too, wasn't it? Like, 40 or something? Yeah. Uh, let's pull him up right now. Aaron Ashby had a 32.5% CSW last year. Okay, so um, that's actually lower for, than Detmers then, huh? Uh, no, the 35 or whatever was just on that one pitch, the curve. So Ashby oh, actually okay. has a high, okay. has okay. definitely has a higher CSW. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, Ashby's that's just That's what got, I thought. He's just got six stuff. On the F scores, yeah. Ashby has yeah. a 119 stuff, 91 control, and 107 ERA. So obviously everyone, just based on that, knows where he's lacking. He needs to work yeah, on the control. control. 
And so the thing, I've got Demers right above Ashby, and Demers has a 118 stuff, 101 control, and 115 FERA. So, um, which explains why Detmers is a little above Ashby. It's the control. So, yeah, Ashby's just got to harness that control, really. Um, because when you're walking that many guys, and he, has, he had a 143 whip last year, right? That's pretty bad. Uh, you're not going to be an effective starter if you're doing that. So, yeah. um, Dude, he's in the right place, though. The Brewers develop starting pitching like nobody else does, or like very few other organizations do. Yeah, it's true. And one, one of the, this is one of the weird things about Aaron Ashby is he has a 61.7% F-strike, which F-strike is first pitch strike. So that means that, that first throw that you're throwing in there, you're getting a strike. So 61% of the time, almost 62% of the time, that first pitch is a strike, which is really good. That's really good for, for reading command. But then he still walks a lot of guys. So it's kind of yeah. confusing. It's like, why is he walking so many people when he's getting that first strike? It just means that he's one of those guys, and like I've watched Jack Flaherty do this. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. He likes to get cute, and I've watched Jack Flaherty do this for years as a Cardinals fan, and I hate it. It's like he, like Jack Flaherty, will have the count at 02, and then he'll throw, then he'll walk, come back and walk the guy because he throws sliders way off. Yeah, just he just he throws sliders way off the plate, and nobody major league hitters won't hit that. In the minors, you'll get idiots swinging at that stuff, but in the majors, the hitters are too good. They're not going to swing a slider that's three feet off the plate. He wants um, to strike and, out everybody. Got to Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. You want to strike everybody out, and then you just waste your pitches, and then you only pitch four innings. And that's exactly what, what Ashby's doing. That's his problem. As he's got to stop yeah. that. He's just got to. He's got to say, okay, look, um, I'm I'm going to figure this out. Where you change the pitch mix a little bit, maybe, or you just say, look, when I'm up 0-1, 0-2, whatever, I'm just going to throw more strikes. Just pound the zone with more strikes. Yeah, maybe you'll get more hits against you, but the if you get less hits against you than the walks that you're giving up, then it's a, it's a win because you're allowing less people to get on the, on the base. So it's a net win. As long as you give up less hits throwing in the zone, then you give up walks throwing outside of the zone. So um, yeah. I don't know, man, like I love Ashby stuff. I really hope he can put to get, put it together. And I think he can, because it's just, it's not, it's not a stuff problem and it's not even really like a, he's a control problem he, because he, he has some control. It's just him just getting too cute. Because if you look, if you look at him, he there are a lot worse guys when it comes to walks. Like Blake Snell has like a way worse control, and there, there are guys like yeah. that. Um, but they've figured it. out. They've managed to, to have seasons where they put it all together and figure it out. Um, so Ashby could be like a, and that's pretty probably a pretty strong comp actually. Uh, Ashby to Blake Snell kind of uh, because they're both lefties and both kind of had the same problem early in their career and we'll see if Ashby can figure it out. So, so you don't think it's a yips situation like your, uh, like your boy. No, Ankeel. no, no, it's not. It's just, it's, it's just him just being too cute and not throwing strikes. And when he's up on the count, he's not throwing strikes. So, I mean, yeah. like just his, just gave his stuff a sick on his slider. Yeah. He, he had a 36% CSW on a slider and his curveball. He had a 43.3% CSW. There it is. There it is. On the curve. Yeah. Which is nuts. And he only threw it twelve percent of the time. Maybe that, that might be why the CSW is so high is he throws it at the right time. But um yeah, he I mean he only throws his four seam or three percent of the time. So and maybe it's just a control problem with the sinker. He can't control it like a, his fastball and his, then his fastball gets rocked. I you know, I don't really know. Um I haven't researched enough. I'd have to spend some time uh watching some video really to get into that. But uh 
yeah, he's got he's got killer stuff. So um, you'll probably want to trade him from me uh, <laughs> in the dynasty league because I, you've been trying to get him forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dude, I'm telling you that one day I was like, I don't remember who I was holding on to, probably uh, Max Muncie or something, which of course he ends up going crazy after I drop him. But uh, he was, I, I was getting ready to add Aaron Ashby, and I think I texted you. I was like, Hey, do you want, you know, Max Muncie or whoever it was? And you were like, No. And I texted like two or three other guys, and I three or four minutes passed, and I was like, You know what? I'm just going to drop Muncie or whoever it was for Ashby. And I went back and looked and you had added him. <laughs> I just never could get over that. <laughs> you know, what's, you know, what's funny is I knew you were going to do that. I know you did. <laughs> I, I predict, I predicted, I was like, okay, Gabe's trying to pawn someone off just so he could pick up Ashby. Cause I knew that you already liked Ashby because we talked about Ashby before and I knew you liked him. And right when I saw that you were trying to sell someone, I was like, Gabe's, gonna, <laughs> Gabe's just going to move this guy and pick up Ashby. So, like, I, I got the jump on it. After after you asked me, you're like, hey, you want this guy? And it's like, I was like, I know what's going I know it's, I know it's going down. So, <laughs> I got the jump on it. You don't even have him. You don't even have him in that league anymore, do you? Didn't you trade him? I don't remember. Did I trade him or did I drop him? I might have dropped him in the playoffs. I, you know, I'm going to have to look. Because I was actually thinking I, – I, I haven't – because Yahoo is stupid and it closes for in, in the middle of the season. So I can't even look. And I like, I've been th- going back and forth in my mind actually for my 10th keeper in that league, because it's a dynasty league and we get 10 keepers and uh, 10 major league keepers. And then we get five minor league keepers. And my last keeper I've been debating. Uh, I was debating in my mind. I have to look to see if I can have him, but I was debating Ashby or MJ Melendez for my last keeper. And I'm kind of like, which one? Uh, I'm not really sure. It's yeah, kind of like no, you. Raymond, it's kind of like Raymond you with Young him. and oh, Raymond has him now. I don't know how it ended up, but Raymond's got Ashby. I think you probably dropped him, uh, and then maybe uh, Joe picked him up or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think I dropped him in the in the playoffs. Well, that makes my decision easy. But I think I dropped him in the playoffs because it's one of those things. <laughs> that's one of the things you run into in dynasty leagues, and we'll do a podcast just about strategy and stuff like that. I want to do one like that, but um, in dynasty yeah, leagues, you run it. Yeah, I did too. I did. The thing it's just like dropping Ashby. It's like running into that. It's because like he was in the bullpen, and I'm in the playoffs, and he's block. He's he him being a bullpen pitcher could stop me from winning because I need a of starter course. right now. So it's like you have to make those decisions where like okay, uh, I like the long term upside of Ashby, but I need to make a win now move because I'm in the playoffs. You're in the championship. And yeah, exactly. Like you gotta you gotta make moves. So yep, flags fly forever. Yeah, or they exactly. don't fly at all. This or they don't fly at all. Um, I want to touch. I want to touch a little bit on uh, actually Trevor Rogers, who I, I just want to touch on him a little bit here. Uh, Trevor Rogers, man, he had a really rough year after like looking awesome the year before, and then he put before he got hurt because he got hurt at the end of the year. He put two or three really strong starts together. He get, there, here's another guy just like Demers who went down, got sent down to the minors. And then he figured something out. He changed something. Then came back and had like two or three starts looking good again. And then he got hurt. So this is another guy that might get slept on because they're going to, someone's going to look at Trevor Rogers is Trevor. How do you, I always forget how to do that when there's two S's Trevor Rogers is, 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 um, someone's <laughs> going to look at Trevor, Trevor Rogers is, 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 is numbers. And uh, they're going to see he had a 547 ERA last year. And they're going to see he had a one five whip. And they're going to be like, this guy sucks. I'm not drafting him. Um, but 
he could be sneaky good. He could rebound back to how he was in 2021 when he had a 2.6 ERA. Um, maybe not that good, but he. I, I think you got a 3.5 type pitcher here with a lot of strikeouts uh, if he fixes himself. So um, just to touch on him a little bit, you got you got anyone else in this tier that are you want to talk I about had, Trevor Rogers a little bit, a little bit, or anyone else you want to touch real quick? I had so many eggs. I had so many eggs in the Trevor Rogers basket last season. That wounds. I, I don't think I would touch him if if he was waiting for me in the. 20th round I don't think I would I don't think I would take him ever <laughs> yeah dude when you open that case of eggs they were all cracked right yeah had, man you, you I, that, I got he barbecued me he barbecued me last year and I and I held him for so long because I'm horrible at that I, you know I'm, I, I've you know I could I'm a day trader or whatever with prospects and so I'm always looking for somebody to drop and I held him forever and he just burnt me like a piece of toast <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, gonna, can, I'm gonna stay away from happen. him you may be right <laughs> maybe he'll come back but he's he'll, he'll come back for somebody else <laughs> yeah well the thing is if he comes back he's gonna be expensive again so like right now he's in the cheap cheap so yeah he, he's one of these guys that you can get and just take a flyer on hope he pans out um yeah. all right so talking about the marlins uh we're gonna get back into the tiers here to this tier and we left off the number 68 tyler anderson number 69 everyone's favorite number uh, is Braxton Garrett with a 99 F score and a 110 future F score. I really like some Braxton Garrett. We'll come back to him. Number 70, Alex Cobb with a 104 F score and 106 future F score. Number 71, Tyler Molly with a 97 F score, and 98 future F score. Number 72, Garrett Whitlock, 106 F score, 121 future F score. But thing to keep in mind with Whitlock is that he was a starter and a reliever. So him pitching out of the pen is going to bump some of those strikeout numbers and stuff up. He's not going to be able to do the same thing as a starter. So um, just one thing to keep in mind on Garrett Whitlock's F-scores before you go and uh, blow the whole load on him. Uh, 73, Luis Garcia with a 104 F-score and a 109 future F-score. 74, Merrill Kelly with a 107 F-score, 105 future F-score. 75, Marcus Stroman with a 102 F-score, 103 future F-score. 76, Old man Adam Wainwright with a 108 F-score and a 99 future F-score. So he's downtrending because he's like 42 or whatever now. 77, Corey Kluber with a 106 F-score and a 108 future F-score. Had a really strong year last year with the Rays. 78, Jose Urquidy with a 102 F-score and a 105 future F-score. Um, and we'll just finish out this tier. I know it's a lot of names. But 78 is – or sorry, 79 is Frankie Montas, 102 F-score, 101 future F-score. 80, Carlos Carrasco with a 101 F-score, 100 future F-score. 81, Nate Ivaldi with a 101 F-score and a 95 future F-score. 82, Sonny Gray, 101 F-score, 99 future F-score. 83, Tariq Skubal, who I believe is going to be hurt at the beginning of the year. I don't think we have a time frame on his return at the moment. So we'll have to see how he's looking in spring and when he's going to be coming back. That may adjust his ranking some. But uh, Scooble with a 95 F score, 102 future F score. I think you were a Scooble guy too. We, we might yeah, have to come back to that. Yeah. 80, 85, Rowanzi Contreras, 95 F score, 101 future F score. And last but not least, Alex Wood with a 97 F score and a 107 future F score. So big group of guys right here. Um, who do you like in this, in this ginormous blob? Well, so I don't know that I necessarily love him or like him. I guess there's a lot of guys that kind of meet this, uh, you know, profile but with frankie montas that uh he really really struggled uh in and i'm assuming that's why you, you know his ranking dropped i'm assuming if he had kept up his stats he's putting up in oakland that he would have 
you know, ranked higher out. But he really struggled in the Bronx. And I don't know if that's something that's going to, you know, uh, that he's going to be able to cope with. Maybe it's he's not going to be able to, you know, he's going to melt under the bright lights or whatever, like some of those guys do. Uh, but if he is able to somehow, you know, kind of regain what he was doing in Oakland, uh, you know, in, in 21 and and uh, in 22, I don't know. I just feel like there's some value there after the shelling that he took in in New York. How much did that yeah, affect yeah. where you ranked him? Was that did that like did you, did you see something there? Or is there something there that you dropped him for, or were you it, just low him? It did affect him, but I am more low on Montas. Even last year, I only had, I had him in like the fifties or sixties or something last year. People are drafting Montas as a top 30, 40 starter. So I didn't have any Montas shares anywhere last year because I was already kind of lower on him to begin with. Um, but him going to New York, honestly, I'm more concerned about it from a mental angle than from the stadium. Obviously pitching in Oakland, Oakland is like the best pit. It's the, it's the best park in baseball for pitchers probably. Um, there's no fans, it, so it's quiet. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of them. It's if one of if not the best uh, ballpark for pitchers. So uh, in in, ge- in general, and he's not a fly ball pitcher. So one of the things with Montes is he he does tend to be more of a ground ball pitcher um, than a fly ball pitcher. So that's going to help him in Yankee Stadium because Yankee Stadium is a good good place for homers. So um, I'm not as concerned about the stadium shift. I'm more concerned about the mindset shift because. The flavor I'm getting right now from Montes on the Yankees is Sonny Gray and Joey Gallo. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of that already, and fans are already yeah. like pissed. Uh, all the Yankees fans already hate him, um, and that's that's going to be a, you know that's going to be in his head. He's going to be thinking like, if I don't go out here and deal, like you're just going to get down this bad path and never recover. And then like look at Sonny Gray. Right when Sonny Gray left. New York and went to Cincinnati, which is a really crappy place to pitch. He still got really good because it was just a mental thing. And I think Montes might have the same issue, but we won't know until we get maybe like halfway through the season. If we get through the oh. ha- halfway through the season and he's just getting shellacked just like he did before, then I would say we can say this is a New York thing. Montes is not a fit for New York. And maybe it'll trade him just like how the Yankees fl- had to flip Sonny Gray. They traded for Sonny Gray thinking that they're going to get you know, a really good pitcher for the rotation for a long time. And it just didn't pan out and might be kind of the same, same type of deal as like a Sonny Gray slash Joey Gallo thing there for him. And that's my biggest concern uh, with Montes. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Yankees gave up. I mean, JP Sears and uh, Waldachuk and Waldachuk, both those guys are like major league ready pitchers. Uh, I was kind of surprised at that. You know, I mean, they weren't as ready last year as they were going to be this year, but uh, that was a they, they they gave up a lot, so he's got a lot of pressure on his plate to to perform for sure. Yeah, and one of the things too is to remember is that Montes is a splitter pitcher. Uh, it's just his second pitch is a splitter, and I think Raymond mentioned on the last podcast. But the guys that throw the splitters, if they don't have control of that splitter, like they're just going to get destroyed. It's like mm-hmm. Kevin Goss, and then when they, when they get the feel for the splitter, they get it back. Then they're they're one of the best. You know, they become really really good. Same thing with like Gossman, right? Like Gossman had problems with the, with the splitter. And you see these guys who just, they get the splitter pitchers. They can be up and down um, just based yeah. on if they have the feel or not. Like they have one no good year, one bad year. Exactly. Interesting. Um, 
I'm going to talk about Braxton Garrett, who I mentioned at the top of this little sub tier here. Uh, I think right now Braxton Garrett is slotted to be the number six, number six pitcher for the Marlins. He's like not even in the rotation right now, which they're going to trade someone like they're talking about trading. I think they're going to trade Pablo Lopez, but then there were rumors. I don't know if you saw these rumors uh, that they were talking about trading uh, Edward Cabrera, which you usually don't see pitchers of that kind of skill and youth get traded, but they were talking about trading Edward Cabrera to the Rockies for Brendan Rogers Apparently there was a, like a conversation that they were, ha- they've been having. Interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know if they're going to do that now that they signed Segura. Uh, they, may, <laughs> they may not need to now, but um, pretty, I don't, I don't know. Like they're going to, they're going to move one of those pitchers and Braxton Garrett is going to be in the rotation, I think. And I like Garrett. He was really strong last year. People don't really notice because he doesn't have high velocity. I think he only throws like 90 or something like that. I'm going to pull him up right now on uh pitcherless player page. But I'm pretty sure he only throws like 90 miles an hour. And, but he's got really good uh, secondaries. And one of the things, too, about Braxton Garrett is he, was a, he has pedigree. Uh, he was drafted, I think, as a first-rounder. And then he had some injury troubles in the minors. Um, and now he's finally healthy. So, yeah. He was drafted so for, yeah, in 2016. Yeah. And he was, he was a first-rounder, I believe. But so here's yeah. his p- pitch breakdown for Braxton Garrett. His number, his primary pitch is a slider, and then his secondary pitch is sinker and four seamer. He both threw twenty four percent of the time, but his slider has a thirty six percent CSW, and his sinker has a thirty three percent CSW. So he's his fa- he uses the fastball, but it's not good. All his other pitches are really good. He's got a curve that he throws ten percent of the time. That's has a really nice arc to it, and that's a 40 percent CSW pitch. His curveball. So that's crazy. All yeah, all his secondaries are pretty pretty good. It's just that four, his four seamer is not that good, and so this is the type of guy where as long as he p- plays around with those pitches, uh, he's a, he's a name to watch, especially pitching in Miami. Remember, Miami is at like one foot above sea level, so yeah. <laughs> like in the, you know it's it's a really good place to pitch, uh, and obviously their pitching coaches do a pretty good job because their whole rotation is stacked, um, stacked enough that Garrett's not even in it right now. So if you look, and this is why you can get value on Garrett, uh, Gabe, is that right now his projections show that he's only going to get 13 starts. His, predi- his projections yeah. show him with 51 games pitched. So they think he's going to pitch out of the bullpen. That's not going to happen. The Marlins are going to move yeah. one of these guys, and Braxton Garrett's going to be starting next year. Yeah. Because he, yeah. had, he, could, he's, he showed that he could do it. He had 17 starts with the Marlins last year, 88 innings and 17 starts. And then the minors, he started the counting, whole too. Are you counting Trevor Rogers as, as among those six starters? Yeah, Rodgers is one of the five. Is one yeah. of the starters right he's, now. On, I feel like uh, he's a month source. away. Like if he, if they'll give him two or three starts or four maybe. Uh, if he, you know, if and if he shows like no no signs of that, I feel like that he's pretty. I, I couldn't believe how long they kept him in the rotation last year. You know, I, I can't imagine his leash is very long. They had to because he's such a he was such a valuable commodity. You can't just waste him. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, he, I yeah, think he was right. another first round guy too, and you want him to succeed. So, yeah, um, I mean, like, I yeah, Braxton Garrett was set. <laughs> no, yeah, Braxton Garrett, seventh overall pick in 2016. So, yeah, <laughs> um, but I like Garrett, man. Like, that, that's one to watch out for where I think there's some good hidden value. Um, who you got next on your list after Montes in this tier? Mm. Well. I mean, I I love Garrett Whitlock. 
I, I know that he's not going to, you know, it's hard to, to say exactly what he's, you know, going to look like as a starter. But he was one of those guys that I've always, you know, just, I mean, I've owned him into a couple of different leagues and I've, you know, I've always been like waiting for the news to drop that the Red Sox were going to, you know, put him in the rotation. And I guess, I guess that's been officially announced now. And, and uh, you know, they're moving forward with him as a starter. So you, you just, what do you, what do you think's not going to translate? He's not going to strike out as many guys. He's probably going to lose some velocity because he's not going to be throwing, you know, instead of throwing 30 pitches, he's going to be throwing, you know, 80 pitches or whatever. What do you, what do you like? What's your biggest uh, area of concern is, you know, for the transition there. This is a rule five guy. I mean, this was a guy that was left off the 40 man roster and was taken in the rule five draft and, and he's just immediately stuck. It, yeah. It's, it's really a cool story. I mean, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be stuff. He's not going to be able to throw at the same, same velocity uh, that he was doing as a reliever. And so the funny thing is Garrett Whitlock was also on my list. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm probably high on Whitlock as the 72 starter. I, I think most people probably, they're not thinking of him in that range because they're going to think, oh, he's not going to be able to get to the, and he's not going to pitch enough innings probably. I mean, like that, that's just at least an assumption that I made. So I have pulled up right now Garrett Whitlock's splits uh, starter versus reliever. As a reliever, Garrett Whitlock in 2022 had a 25.9% K minus walk rate. And then as a starter, he had a 17.7. So okay. it's an 8% drop. Um, 17 point, <laughs> but this is the thing. 17.7% is still really good. So yeah, that's still a really good K-minus walk rate. So I don't care. I'm still buying that. Um, here's another stat for you. As a reliever, he had a 284 FIP and a 275 ERA. As a starter, he had a 415 ERA and a 360 FIP. So about a run difference. But again, I'll still take a 3-5, you know, a guy who's going to have a 3-5 to 3-8 ERA with 17% K-minus walk rate at your at 72. Yeah. That's that's good, man. Like you might be getting a number 3 number 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 3 type pitcher uh here. One of the concerns though, like I d- did say is that it's the innings. He only pitched 78 in the third innings last year. So yeah. Just like based on like quality starts, yeah. Just just based on like normal, um, like normally they say, okay, you can only you can only add about sixty innings year over year, right? Like that's like kind of like the rule of thumb is if you if if you're building up, you can only add like sixty innings year over year. So that means that he's probably only going to pitch around like one hundred forty innings. You're not going to get one hundred sixty to one hundred eighty innings out of Garrett Whitlock. But I'll take one hundred forty really good innings. He like basically uh, Raymond and I talked about Drew Rasmussen. Uh, last podcast mm. and mm. Whitlock is like going to follow that. And you know, you, you, because you also in the dynasty league, were trying to trade for Rasmussen. Yeah. So, you know, I'm the high man on Rasmussen, dude. I love yeah. that guy. Yeah. So, you know, then that like Whitlock could be Drew Rasmussen of last year. Like that, that could yeah. be like the nice st- stair step for him to be looking at. It's like a Drew Rasmussen type season. Um, you take I that think, every day, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly awesome. though, honestly though, like Whitlock has better stuff though. I think than than Erasmusen. Yeah. So I think he he's even better than Erasmusen uh, stuff wise. He doesn't. I don't know if he has the same control that Erasmusen has, but he, I think he definitely has better stuff. So to yeah. read through Whitlock's F scores, he has a forty eight durability, obviously only seventy eight innings, uh, one twenty three stuff, one twenty one control, and one thirty two FERA. 
So like those are insane across the board, but it's just like he, that's Durability. also factoring in that some of those stats came as a reliever. So yeah. Um. Anyone yeah. else in this tier you want to touch on? Uh, let's see. I mean, I'd. So I, I don't know. There's just like a couple guys uh, that I'd, that really turned it on last year. Uh, Jose. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Irk. Arkady. <laughs> He's another one of those guys that absolutely toasted me uh, in one of my leagues. But I and I I don't think I I think I held him in one and dropped him in another. And then of course as soon as I dropped him, he just like. I guess he rediscovered himself. I, I remember looking back and being like, holy cow, how'd this guy learn how to pitch again? He actually ended the year with, uh, you know, a pretty solid stat line. I think that he's, I think that, I mean, obviously he'd probably be a lot higher if he hadn't like t- sucked eggs for the first three months of this season, but he yeah. really finished the stretch. I, I, uh, I ran into the same really thing. Solid numbers. Yeah. And he was like, the thing with Arcady, for a while. well, the thing with Arcady is he doesn't have the best stuff. Like, Arcady is a control guy. Like, just based on his F scores, he's got 96 stuff and 116 control. So he's one of those guys who pinpoints his zones, and you just need him getting innings. Um, but the thing is, I don't know if he's the Astros' fifth starter or what. Like, so the Astros' rotation next year, we got uh, injured Lance McCullers, like the, the guy who's always hurt, right? You got McCullers, you got Christian Vasquez, um, you got – or Christian Javier, sorry – you got uh, Luis Garcia and Urquidy, and we got Framber, obviously. So you got basically McCullers, Framber, and Javier Locks. Then you've got Hunter Brown, Urquidy, and Luis Garcia. So you still have six guys in that mix there. And like, I'm super be, high on Hunter Brown. So yeah, he yeah. could get pushed out because he didn't even he, he didn't start in the playoffs. So it's going to be my guess is that it's either Urquidy or Garcia who gets pushed out. And I have Garcia ranked as my number 73 starter and Urquidy 78. So that is something to watch for in spring. But, I mean, the thing, the thing on the back end is that, like, McCullers always gets hurt, right? So <laughs> maybe – or maybe the Astros just go six-man. Maybe they start the year six-man. They're like, one of these guys is going to get hurt at some point. So let's just start six-man knowing we're going to lose one. Uh, or of attrition. So you ready to get into the next tier? For sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, so the, the next tier is also huge. And that is going to be your boy is our number 86 starting pitcher, Justin Steele at the top of the tier. And the very bottom of the tier is number 117, Kyle Bradish. And so just like the last tier, we'll chunk this into two different groups so that I'm not reading hundred names to you all at once. Um, so this tier, I'll, I'll get us to number 100, who is also your boy. We're going to, we're going to bet. We're going to glob this with cub bookends you're gonna love it uh, so 86 justin Steele with a 94 f score and a 109 future f score 87 jameson tyone with a 102 f score another cub dude uh 101 yeah. future f score number 88 Ra- <laughs> yeah 88 ranger suarez 97 f score 104 future f score 89 luis ortiz with a 104 f score and 117 future f score Number 90, Steven Matz with a 96 F-score and a 107 future F-score. 91, Cody Morris with a 105 F-score, 112 future F-score. 92, Dre Jameson with a 94 F-score, 107 future F-score. 93, Zach Eflin with a 90 F-score and a 101 future F-score. 94, Gavin Stone with a 116 F-score and a 136 future F-score. By the way, I love this tier. Like, this is, my, this is one of my favorite tiers. 
Uh, yeah. Number 95, Edward Cabrera. The aforementioned Edward Cabrera, who may be a Rocky. If he's on the Rockies, he's going down. Hint, hint. <laughs> 92, F score, 101, future F score. 96, Jack Flaherty. So you can see where I'm at on Flaherty. We'll talk about him later. 86, F score, and 90, future F score. 97, Bailey Ober, who I actually really love some Bailey Ober. Uh, I, dude, I just really love this tier. Uh, Bailey Ober, 98, F score, and 111, future F score. 98, Kenta Maeda, another sleeper here. Maeda, huge sleeper. 102, F score, 102, future F score. 99, Brandon Fat. Fat, I don't know if you say fat or like, I've heard it fought and fat. I don't know if it's fought or fat. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I've never heard it. So I'll defer to you. <laughs> this, no, this, he, here's another beast. I just love this tier, man. Uh, 99 is Brandon Fott. I like Fott. It sounds more like uh, ostentatious. Uh, so uh, 105 F score, 111 future F score. And then number 100, yeah boy, Hayden Wesniewski with a 98 F score and a 114 future F score. So we got Steel through Wesniewski. I know you're going to want to talk about a lot of guys in this tier. Me too. So uh, start us off, Gabe. Well, man, I just – I remember I was chirping at you all all season about Justin Steele. He he was one of those guys, and I, I wish I had the, you know, the splits for the season because he – you know, if you look at his line, I mean, it's impressive still, I think. You know, he still had a good, you know, a good uh, season line. But he just really – turned it on as the year, you know, uh, as the year went on, he just got one of those guys just kept getting better and better. And I, like you said, I mean, it's, it's funny. This whole tier basically is, is it's, it's all sleeper guys. It's guys that are either going to, you know, they're going to, you know, win your league potentially, or they're not going to be in the league at all, you know, uh, depending on how the ball bounces. Uh, and, and steel is one of those guys, man. I think that you're not going to be able to get him this low in a draft, uh, and Wes Newski is the same way. You know, I think that he's he's just going to be absolutely sick, too. Uh, and, I mean, if you're going to get a value on a guy like that. Uh, and now I don't I don't know. I'm such a, a caveman when it comes to finding all of these newfangled stats of yours, uh, CSW in particular. But I want to say that his, you'd have to – like, I, I can't quote you. I don't know what it is. But I'm pretty sure that Steel CSW was, was really high. Could you – uh, it, on, that or, on, or... on the on the season it was 26 and okay, i so remember you can't see what it was no I, I, or anything. I can i can pull it up give me like two two seconds but um you were trying to sell me on steel like the whole year that he's really good <laughs> and i was like why do you like him so much um but just to give you a little heads up uh to, to your point he had a 20.1 k minus walk rate in the second half last year um, yeah. so let's diving in a little bit. he also had a 146 ERA in the second half. So steel, I want to say kind of reminds me of like a worse version of Jake Arietta. Like that's kind of what he reminds me of. Not, not like, not Jake Arietta, Cy Young, Jake Arietta. He's, he's a worse version of Jake Arietta because he, if you look at his F scores, he only has a 66 durability because he only has pitched one season. Uh, and it was like a hundred, 30 innings or whatever he had last year. innings or something, yeah. Yeah, and then he had he, – so he has a 104 stuff, 91 control. That concerns me. Uh, but then a 117 FERA, which is kind of like how Arietta was. Arietta was just really good at run prevent, at pre- preventing runs when he was, like, peak Arietta. Um, so Steele kind of has some of the same tendencies. This is one of the things that really worries me about Justin Steele. And may, maybe it's not that big of a worry because he just uh, – but this is what worries me about him. 
He has zero pitches with a 30 CSW. Every single pitch that he throws, not a single one of them is at a 30 CSW. That's worry number one. And worry number two is he's a two-pitch guy. Uh, he's fastball slider, dude. He threw the fastball last year 57% yeah, I thought he's, percent of the I think time. he's developed a third one. Uh, well, he has other pitches, but he barely throws them. So, so listen to this. Justin Steele last year, fa- fastball 57% of the time, slider 31% of the time, and then his number three pitch is the sinker 7% of the time, and he has a curve and a changeup, which are three and 2% of the time, respectively. So he's more or less a two-pitch pitcher, when he, and he just mixes the sinker in every now and then. And like I said, none of those pitches has a 30 CSW. Um, so I don't know. You know, like I'm, I'm concerned about that. Maybe I shouldn't be. Uh, but like he obviously has proven that he can do it and he, he does a good job, which is why I have him ranked where I have him at 86, which you think, do you think I'm, I'm probably low on steel. Do you think at 86, would, do you think he's going to be drafted higher? Yeah, than that I, th- in those I, mean, I don't know. I, I, th- I think, I think so. I, I, I would always, you know, I was always comparing him to Ashby. Uh, you know, partly for my own gain there, <laughs> but uh, I think that I don't know, man. I, I think it's a really fair. I think it's a fair ranking for this. You know, I, I might have him five or ten slots higher, but I think that it's. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to look low. You know, after the year. You know, yeah. once he goes out and and uh, knocks him dead again again this year, I think he's going to be a lot higher. But I man, think I'm going to be getting more Wisniewski. A third pitch. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, well one of the things, one of the ceiling for sure. One of the things too, I don't, I'm not good enough at a uh, pitcher list to figure out if this changed over the course of the year. This is the, over the full year. Here's his percent, uh, the percent of these pitches he threw. I'm sure because like, uh, oh yeah, there's a way to do the date range on this and break down what his CSW was as the year went on on these pitches to see if the pitches got better and to see what if the pitch mix changed. Um, let me see pitch mix. Oh, the, cool. Look at, look at this. Okay. So, uh, for instance, the last game of the year he started was August 26th at Milwaukee and cause he got hurt. Um, and in that game, he threw the fastball 51% of the time and the slider 40.9% of the time. So basically 91% <laughs> of his pitches was fastball slider. Uh, so that just gives you a, he was not using the third pitch. His third pitch that he was going to is the yeah. sinker, and he only threw six percent of the time. So, well, um, that's, that's just something. Uh, two pitches is nervous. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm t- out, out of those Cubs. Out of those Cubs, I'm going to be getting more Wesnewski. I think, even though I have Steel Brain Tiger, I just think that's the way that the the cards are going to, um, you know, the the way that that uh, I'm going to be drafting. Uh, one dude that I really want to talk about is Luis Ortiz. Do you know who Luis Ortiz is? I don't. All right. So this guy is a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates who came up at the end of last year and only made four starts. He throws over 100 miles an hour. So he, he's a friggin' fireballer. Um, and he ended up last year with a 4-5 ERA. So nobody's going to be drafting him. I'm definitely the hype guy with Luis Ortiz. <laughs> and all of, and out of all the industry people, I've got him at 89. I guarantee, I would guarantee that nobody else has him in the top 100. But I freaking love this dude. Uh, he had a 31.6% CSW in his little baby four starts that he made. A 113 whip. He throws fastball. He throws strikes. So 63.8% first strike percentage. And in the minors, 
He only made two starts at AAA, Gabe. He, he mostly pitched at double A last year, but he had a 19.7% okay. came on his walk rate at double A. And he was also 19 in his two starts at AAA. Uh, so I, I, I think that he just has sky high potential. Luis Ortiz. Wow. I mean, obviously anytime you mention, uh, That's a pitcher hot take. Who goes a hundred. Yeah. Any, anytime you mention a pitcher who goes hundred miles an hour, um, and is a starter, yeah. like people are going to be all over that. But, um, and actually to, you know what? Nick Pollock from pitcher list has him at 86. So he's higher on Luis Ortiz than I am. I thought I was going to be the high guy on this. Damn it, Nick. <laughs> um, he, he's awesome, dude. And dude, I don't... Uh, t- talk, talk about two-pitch pitcher, though. He's a, f- a fastball slider guy, too. So I don't know. He threw the change up 5% of the time. But um, the thing is, both his pitches, though, Gabe, are over 30% CSW. His fastball was a 30.6% CSW pitch, and his slider was 37%. So even though he's a two pitch guy too, like he, he both his two pitches are over thirty percent CSWs. Um, I'd like to see him develop that change up a little more because he, th- he only threw five percent of the time and only seven percent CSW. So it's a pretty crappy pitch. Uh, so hopefully he can develop that change up because he's a young guy. I mean he's only he's going to be twenty four next year. Um, and one of the things is I don't know if he's going to be in the rotation to start the year because they just added Rich Hill. Uh, hopefully he 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 mixes in there though that. Um, that that Madden Hill could affect his rotation spot, but we'll see what happens in spring, what they do and uh, what they're going to try to do. But obviously with the F scores, a lot of them, 114 F stuff, 97 control, 142 FERA. So are you in on Luis Ortiz now? Well, yeah, I'll steal him from you late round. Well, I'll tell you what's going to end up happening though, is I'll steal the wrong guy. I went to look it up and there's, you know, I went to, you know, look, just check him out. And he, there's like four or five Luis Ortiz, uh, you know, on different teams in the league. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like Luis Garcia's. There's like three Luis yeah. Garcia's. <laughs> and I guess the most heralded one is on the Ori, or he just got traded from the, he's on the Phillies now, it looks like. He was in the first round. He's a first rounder from 2014. So that's probably the guy that I'm going to end up trying to steal from you. And you can laugh at me. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Raymond? What's up, guys? Yo, we're talking about Luis Ortiz right now. You got any hot takes on Luis Ortiz before we before you throw me a pitcher? Not a single one. All right. So we just sure. – right now the, the, the range of guys that we're talking in is starting pitcher 86, Justin Steele through number 100, Hayden Wesniewski. We're uh, bookending cubbies here for Gabe. <laughs> uh, 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 Gabe, throw a guy out so Raymond can research where we're at and give us a guy. Who else in this tier interests you? Oh, okay. So, I'll give you a guy. I'll I'll, uh, see uh, this tier. I don't know any of these guys. (laughs) Oh no, no, you know this guy, and I know you're gonna have a take on him. I've got Jack Flaherty at number ninety-six, and people are gonna people are gonna be like, "Dude, you're a Cardinals fan. Why are you so low on Flaherty?" But because I'm a Cardinals fan, I watch a crap load of Jack Flaherty more than most humans. I've probably seen every single Jack Flaherty start that he's ever made. Um, Jack and is your I'll, crack. Te- I'll tell you, yeah, that was my team name in the Dynasty League is Jack is my crack. Uh, but he's lost it, man. Like, uh, he, like, when he got hurt, like, he was so good in, like, 2019, 20, and then 20, I think 2020 is when he got hurt. And he has been atrocious since he had that injury. He, he lost it in 
one of the things about Jack is he's not all there in the head. Like, uh, you can tell, like, he, he, when, when he's out there, you can tell he gets like mopey when he pitches like crap. He's like, oh man. And like, he just gets the look on his face, like, you know, the little kid who kicks the rock, like, like, kick, puts his little foot in the dirt, like, kicks, kicks the dirt in the, mentally in the road weak. or whatever. Yeah. He, he, to me, and like, this is, this is like an Ian Khan thing, like, Ian Khan, uh, from, the athletic is always talking about like just watching people's like makeup and watching how they are on the mound and stuff. Like this is why, and Raymond asked me a couple weeks ago, who is my favorite baseball player of all time? And I told him Chris Carpenter, because I loved that. He's just a bulldog on the mound yelling at Like I love those guys that are just like yelling at the, the hitter and stuff like that. Like I love that about Carpenter. Uh, Jack Flaherty is the exact opposite. He just gets all mopey on the mound. And he pitches like crap. And like how we talked about with Ashby, is Jack Flaherty does that thing where he tries to get too cute. He just wants to strike everybody out. He goes up 0-2 and strikes, wants to strike everybody out. But Flaherty, on my F scores, 97 F stuff, 85 control, and 110 FERA. So, obviously, like, he's got a good defense behind him. Cardinals ballpark, that's going to help his FERA. He's not going to give up a ton of runs. But the stuff isn't there anymore. He, he's lost the fastball, and he just has no command. Like I said, he just tries to get cute with the slider because the slider's still a good pitch. And he, he just throws it outside all the time and no one wants to swing at it anymore because uh, the fastball's not good anymore. So um, I'm way down on Jack Flaherty. Uh, and hot take from a Cardinals fan, I'm down on Flaherty. I wouldn't be – I'm probably going to never get him uh, in any of these leagues. So, uh, Dude, I, it's, I, I'm sorry for you because I, I, it sucks when a guy on your team just totally floats like that. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm – yeah. I'm right there with you. And I don't even know that – I don't think that there's any evidence or at least not sufficient evidence to suggest that he's even going to be able to be healthy again in this league. I mean, the guys – you know, he, he threw 196 innings in 2019. And, you know, since then he hasn't – 78 he threw in 21. He threw 36 last year. Like, he's just – you know, it just – I mean, we've seen this story play out, you know, 100 times before. Uh, you know, a young stud pitcher just can't ever get his stuff back and just – uh, you know, he's one injury takes takes a couple miles an hour, a couple you know spin rates, and and the guy's just done. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. This is my prediction for Jack Flaherty. Um, he is a free agent after the season. I think he's going to try to have one of those contract years. Something's going to happen. He's not going to do well, and then he's going to. He's from L.A. Because he, Giolito, and Max Fried all went to school together. They all went to the same oh, high yeah. school, and we're all on the same team. Yeah. Uh, I think Flaherty is going to go to the Dodgers and the Dodgers are going to fix him and then he's going to get good again, but it's not going to happen on the Cardinals. Um, that's my prediction, uh, <laughs> for Jack Flaherty. I hope you're wrong, but you're probably right. Yeah, yeah I'm, probably, I'm probably right. All right, Raymond, who you got in this little tier here? Who do you love here? I love Ranger Suarez and he's probably one of those guys I shouldn't, but he, he has just... He had just flashes of brilliance, and I mean, if he can, if he can keep getting ground balls with that, hopefully improved Philly defense, I think he could take a step forward this year. Oh, Gabe, are you eating puppy chow again, <laughs> dude? So I just, I, I, you asked Raymond a question, and it was just like dead silence, and I was like, what is going on? Like, I, you know, I figured you're having some connection issues or whatever, and I just went back, you know, I clicked on my phone, I had to like go into the chat again, and like re-permit access to my microphone or whatever. Just wait so until you get that Starlink it. up, dude. Elon's going to have you. You're, you're going to be in, like, space. Elon's <laughs> going to have you running laps around. You're going to be in the future. 
<laughs> if you were talking to me, Raymond, I didn't hear anything you said. <laughs> I wasn't I talking you to you. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah, he was talking about Ranger Suarez. So, um, you know, he's just one of those weird pitchers, Raymond, who's like, we just talked about uh, Justin. I think he's like Justin Steele, but I think he has worse stuff than Steele. Where he's yeah. really good at, he has this weird talent for preventing runs. And I'm not really sure how, because when you look at under the hood, like he doesn't, he's not a big strikeout guy. And that's just usually, I don't want to draft guys that aren't getting a lot of K's. It's like, that's just not my style. Um, Cause I mean, 10.7% K minus walk rate last year and a 25.5% CSW. So um, he scares me a little bit, honestly, but he does have that. He just has that weird talent and, Maybe you can get good value on him in drafts because he's going to go low because he doesn't have the strikeouts. So um, he still might be a good value guy just because he's probably not going to give up a ton of runs. So that's my I take mean, on him. He won 10 games last year, and his he has five pitches. Yeah. He, 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 that's what I'm saying. He's, he's just one of, those, he's one of those guys, like, he's like a painter, right? Like, he's not like a – he's not, not going to come strike you out like Max Scherzer. He just – He's gonna throw he's he's gonna throw the kitchen sink at you and you're gonna you can't figure it out like kind of like a worse version of Nestor Cortez really um, is kind of how I see him. Yeah, he's gonna um, I don't nickel and dime you to death. All right, so I'm gonna get throw out some rookies here that I love, and I want you guys to pick if if you guys know any of these guys, I want you to just pick a couple. Um, I really love some Cody Morris. I really love some Gavin Stone, and I really love some Brandon Fott in this uh, little tier here. Like all three of those guys are all three rookies. Uh, the good thing about Cody Morris is he should be starting the season up. I don't know. I doubt, I really doubt Stone or Fott start the season in the majors, but I like them enough that I still have them all in my top 100, even though they probably will not be starting at the beginning of the year. You guys got anything on those guys? I just don't see a scenario where Gavin Stone pitches at all for the Dodgers. Mm, he should be next on the chart because I think that Bobby Miller is going to come up as a reliever and um, Stone was better. I think Stone is better than Bobby Miller, honestly. So it's just, a, uh, Did- they, they didn't sign. I mean, who's their number five? Kershaw's going to get hurt at some point. So I'm going to look up right now their, their rotation True. because you know, Kirk, I got it Kershaw's right here. Kershaw, Kershaw, Urias, Tony Gonsolin, Thor, and Dustin May. All right, so May's going to get hurt. Thor's going to get hurt. Kershaw's going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you. I I guarantee you, at least two of those three guys gets hurt. <laughs> Who was? So, uh, well, I think it was the Welsh was talking about. He doesn't think the Dodgers are going to make the playoffs. Um, they're, I don't know. It's going to be more competitive. The Dodgers, the Diamondbacks are a lot closer to the Dodgers than anyone is going to want to, you know, think about at the beginning of the year, but they're pretty, they got pretty similar builds right now. But I mean, they have, they still might sign one of these last free agents out there and cast their devil magic on them too. So, yeah. So yeah. a little bit about a little bit about Cody Morris is right now he's projected to be the number six starter, aka Longman, in the bullpen for the Guardians. Um, 
but I think that Cody Morris is better than Savali. I think he's better than uh, who else is in the back end? I, I think he's better than Quantrill. So I think that there's just going to be in spring. I think he's just going to be better than those guys and Plenty of work his way into the rotation because yeah. uh, Cody Morris last year he made only three starts at AAA because he he got hurt last year and he had the chance of being in the rotation last year to start the year. But he got hurt and then worked his way back. And in AAA last year, he had a 41.4% K minus walk rate in three starts. Um, and then the year before that in AAA, he had a 27.8% K minus walk rate with a 172 ERA. And that's in like eight or nine starts. So um, Cody Morris is definitely, uh, if he makes the rotation, that's a really, that's a na- like a deep name that could really you know you could really benefit from um and then brandon fought is getting a lot of hype right now like a lot of people like you just mentioned the welsh the welsh have been mad hyping him because he's a d-back so uh he's been getting a lot of hype lately but so stuff wise uh cody morris is a 129 f stuff uh for all my f scores gavin stone has a 142 stuff uh and fought has a 129 so all these guys have just crazy stuff so that's that's why i like them um, Bailey Ober, I mentioned a little bit. I like Ober a lot if he can stay healthy. Uh, his F scores one one nineteen F stuff, one twenty four F control, and one hundred two F ERA. But he just has not been able to stay healthy. Uh, and I think Nick Pollock calls him ba- Bailey Oberizzi because uh, he, he's got the same like Oderizzi slider. <laughs> um, and then Maeda, I like Maeda as like a little bit of a deep rebound. I, you know, like. I sometimes these guys, if they're drafted in the right spot, the guys rebounding from injury, you can get some really good value. So Maeda was just so solid for so many years, and then now he's coming back. Like, where would you be drafting Maeda? Do I am I too low on him, Raymond? No, I think I think Scott White talks about this all the time. You're only as you only need to be as high as public perception. Like, I don't think you need to be any higher, especially in December or January. Yeah. You got any? Do you know any of those guys, Gabe, or are they all like all new to you? Because I know you're not. You're, you you love the prospects, but uh, some of these guys are a little deeper. And and yeah, this uh, is deep for me. I'm in over my head for sure. I know Maeda, but I, uh, well, I I don't know much about the guy. He was really good like three or four years ago, right? And he's not good anymore. He he had Tommy John, so he didn't play last year, and he basically played like a half season in 2021 or whatever. Did he play for the Twins so. or something? Or the Blue yeah, Blue he's Blue. on the tw- he's on the Twins now. Before he was he was on the Dodgers before, right? Yeah, he was on the Dodgers before. Yeah, um, he's he's a, he's older. I mean, like he's been around for a minute. So I remember him being sneakily good, you know, three or four years ago. But Gabe, the- I haven't. Oh. Before we get in the next tier, tell me about Hayden Wesniewski since you watch him all the time. Te- teach me. Teach me. I said be- before we get into the next tier, teach me a little bit about Hayden Wesniewski. Why should people draft him as my number 100 starting pitcher? Sorry, can you hear me? Yes, we yeah. can hear you. Okay, we we I got you, baby. You guys said. <laughs> I said, teach me about. I, I said, teach me about Hayden Wesniewski. Oh, dude, they uh, just in another another uh, situation of the Yankees uh, getting totally pantsed on a deal. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly why 
they, you know, were down with doing that. We sent Scott Efros to the Yankees, who was like a 26-year-old reliever, uh, or maybe even a 29-year-old. He was an older uh, relief pitcher, and uh, I'm not really sure why the Yankees were willing to part with him for a guy that's got five pitches and, you know, he can get – he can get strikeouts with them all. And let's see here. He's got, I can't remember what his main pitch is, but he doesn't throw anything more than 30, 30% of the time. He mixes it up a lot. I haven't, you know, I, I th- think I saw, I think I saw him pitch once. I think I saw one start of his last year only, but yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, his pitch mixes, his slider is his number one pitch and he throws it 28% of the time. But unlike Justin Steele, uh, he's got a 36.7% CSW on that slider. So he's got a really sick slider. His other stuff, uh, his cutter might be his second best pitch it looks like, but he doesn't throw it as much. He only throws it 11% of the time. But uh, his fastball looks like it's not the best uh, fastball. But, um, yeah, he's got it. His slider is, is pretty solid. So um, let's jump into the, the rest of the tier here. Uh, the, we'll finish the tier. It goes through. From number 101, I kind of have just as a placeholder right now, Trevor Bauer, because I don't even know if he's going to play. <laughs> Is a team going to take him? I don't even know. I'm putting him here, though. He might jump up, depending on if he gets moved to another team and we know if he's going to play and all that kind of stuff. So I might, I'll probably move him up if that happens. Right now, I just got him at 101. Uh, no info, because I haven't done that scores on him since he doesn't have a team. And I don't think he's going to be playing for the Dodgers again, uh, based on the information coming out that the clubhouse hates him. So, uh, one or two, Cal Quantrill. Like I said, I like Cody Morris better than Quantrill. So, Quantrill is a 105 F score, 109 future F score. 103, Thor, Noah Syndergaard, 94 F score, 99 future F score. 104, Ross Stripling with a 101 F score and a 108 future F score. 105, Taj Bradley, and it looks like we just lost Gabe. 105, Taj Bradley with a 103 F score and a 115 future F score. 106, another rookie, Kyle Harrison with a 98 F score and a 112 future F score. 107, Herman Marquez, 103 F score, 104 future F score. Number 108 is Martin Perez with a 99 F score, 103 future F score. 109 is Bailey Falter with a 97 F score, 102 future F score. 110, Jose Quintana with a 99 F score, 103 future F score. 111, Mike Clevenger with a 94 F score, 88 future F score. 112, DL Hall with a 100 F score, 102 future F score. 113, Bobby Miller with a 95 F score, 118 future F score. 114, John Means returning from injury with a 90 F score, 90 future F score. 115, Ryan Nelson with a 93 F score and a 103 future F score. 116, Ken Waldachuk with a 94 F score and a 100 future F score. And rounding out the TIA is Kyle Bradish with a 99 F score and a 112 future F score. What do you like out of these dudes, Raymond? I like buying John Means off the injury in the new spacious ballpark he calls home. I like that too. Let me give you one. Are you drafting? Who are you drafting first? John means or DL hall? I get it probably depends on if hall has a locked up rotation spot. If, if you know, hall is going to start, who are you drafting? If, if means is healthy and He's going to start in the rotation of the year, and then D.L. Hall has a lock on a rotation spot. Who you think? I'll probably take John Means just because he's the known commodity. We've seen him be pretty good before, and he doesn't walk anyone, which is one of the things I know you value, and 
I don't know. I just, I, I think I'm so much more likely as a person to take the, the rookie hitter because they're so much easier to project, at least for me personally. And instead of the, the rookie pitchers, because they're just such a mixed bag. You don't know what you're going to get. Yep. There's tin snap, right? There's no such thing as a pitching prospect. So, yeah. um, I mean, there are a lot of rookies that I like, but they're kind of, they're all in the same glob here. I've literally all the rookies basically in this tier. Uh, to give you a couple rookies, between Taj Bradley and Kyle Harrison, who do you like better? Taj Bradley, I think. It's close, though. They're both on good teams that develop pitchers, right? Like Taj Bradley for the Rays. The Rays have success at developing young pitchers. And then Kyle Harrison with the Giants. The Giants have shown they do the same thing. He, so, I, don't, I don't know. How, how long has he been their number one prospect? Because that, that's recent, isn't it? Um, I think a part of him being the number one prospect is just, he was always a really good prospect. It's just more that like Luciano has not been as good. <laughs> so like yeah, Luciano was supposed to be, uh, the next Tulowitzki or whatever. And he's just not developing as quickly as was thought based on like, he was like really good in low A and, and in uh, rookie ball. And then he just has been not moving up as quickly as once, uh, one, as, as people had thought. But uh, Kyle Harrison. And then um, I got Shane Boz and Josh Lowe graduated too. And then Vidal Bruhan has been pretty bad. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, You know, I think the the Rays are definitely better at developing pitchers than hitters. Because most of their rookie hitters, besides Wander, they've all kind of like not been very good. Right? Like Josh Josh Lau never turned out well. And I don't know. Um. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I don't. Yeah, Bruhan Low, who like they've had a lot of guys come up and just not be very good when they came up. Hitters. And dude, even Wander, like I feel like his name value is so much higher than his production between the lack of power and he had a couple fluke injuries. I feel like I feel like he's got he's got substantial name value in both fantasy and real life, but the production hasn't really been there. Yeah. Um, you know who I kind of like in this grouping here is Bailey Falter. Uh, at the end of the year, I had such a bad name. Yeah. (laughs) Falter. I I had him in a, in a good number of leagues at the end of the year because he finished pretty strong. Um, one thirteen F stuff. 121 control, a 90 FERA. So he gives up a lot of like hard contact. So um, that's something to watch. Maybe, maybe he gets better. That's something that like can be developed. As long as a pitcher has good stuff and good control, usually they can kind of correct some of like the, just, Hey, this guy gives up a lot of dingers or whatever. Like that's something that can be fixed as long as they have the other stuff with, uh, to go along with it. But yeah, I like means too. It's like a nice bounce back. There's some, there's some names here that would be good, like uh, speculative type ads, right? Like Waldachuk with the A's could could put some value together at the back end of uh, fantasy rotation. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking, if you're we're in a one teens here in starting pitcher ranking. So if you, unless you're in a fifteen team league. The some of these guys are gonna not get drafted and are gonna be just streamers. So we're kind of, 
approaching the the line of fantasy relevance here. So a lot of these guys are just dart throws anyways. Yeah, I mean, like, normal 12-team league, you, you, you usually go, like, 100 pitchers deep or so. So, like, yeah, you were in 15-team mode now or dynasty stuff where you want to yeah. know all the top prospects yep. coming up or, um, you know, even deeper leagues like our 16-team odd new league that uh, is still missing one owner. So we are still looking for one owner. If you're interested in our odd new league, hit us up. Uh, you could find you could get Raymond at Raymond Atherton on Twitter or Mia at Fantasy Aceball and just hit us up with a DM uh, if you want to fill that last spot in the league. Um, next time on the podcast, Raymond, we're going to be just doing like uh, final starting pitchers where we'll just basically. I don't want to read every single pitcher going down the list next time around. We'll just like I'll come prepared with a few names in the whole final grouping of guys that we like because I do go. 249 starting pitchers deep. Why not 250? Because I just basically picked like, I just basically came to the, the okay, there's no, nobody else is relevant. So <laughs> I ended at 249. Um, but yeah, talking about deep, deep, that's like for that 16 team odd new, we might be using drafting guys at like 220 <laughs> or something like that. Um, you got anything to add? Any, any of the names that maybe we, that uh, from the grouping that before you logged in that you want to talk about before we jump off here? Uh, I wanted to talk about Dustin May, but I just, I just want him to be good. I don't know if he actually will be good. That's what we, we did briefly talk about him a little bit before you jumped on. And that's what we, we were like. He was so good that right before he got hurt and will he be able to do that again? Like a lot of people were saying, Oh, it's because the velocity went up. And a lot of guys have increased velocity right before they get TJ. So that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got elite extension too. He's six, six. Like who else were we talking about? Who was six, six the other day, but yeah, no, he's a guy I'm definitely going to watch. See how he looks in spring training. And if he can even get close to what he was doing before he got hurt, I mean, he's going to – because the big difference was he was striking out at least a batter an inning, and he wasn't doing that when he first came up. He had all that wicked stuff with all that wicked movement, but the strikeouts weren't there. So hopefully – Until he, he was in the bullpen. He was really good out of the bullpen when he yeah. first came up. Uh, by the way, I just noticed this. Cindergard and Gingergard are both on the same team now. How did I yep. not ever think about that until right yep. now? <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, I wanted to say, I think, uh, I think I heard that the Dodgers have till Tuesday to decide if they're going to cut Trevor Bauer. So like, we'll know about that by the time we record again. I thought it was January 6th. I might be wrong though. That'll be interesting though. I'm really interested to see what happens that, and maybe Correa will finally be resolved too. Like this whole Correa odyssey. All right, so we'll call okay. it a pod. I guess we'll call it a pod. Uh, since you jumped on late, Raymond, uh, share some words of wisdom to close out the podcast. I don't have anything. <laughs> oh. I got nothing. I got nothing. That's it. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool. I'm out. Uh, we out. Find us on Twitter. We need one more in the Odd New League. So if you're interested, hit us up. And... Um, Probably I'll be releasing more content uh, in the near future on Friends of Fantasy Benefits. 
I'll probably start releasing the rankings in the next few weeks. I'll, I'll, I'll give a heads up probably halfway through January. I'll start, I'll start doing it. I was just waiting for a football season to be over because guess what, Raymond? I finally finished. I don't know if I told you last time we talked, but I finally finished all my rankings. So like a thousand hours of work or so went into them. But uh, I think it's like more like 500, but all my rankings are done, Damn, all dude. the relievers, everything. So uh, basically now I just got to, I even have all my, my top 500 hitters or whatever. I think it's like, I only went like 450 deep, but I've got like 450, top 450 hitters. So all done. F scores are done. I have, all right. You are right. It's Friday for Trevor Bauer, the sixth. May, we may know that if they trade him. I'm going to make we'll a joke before. that your rankings yeah. go don't even around Major League rosters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, Alrighty. everyone. Bye.